You're listening to the Nomcast, a proud member of Forgotten Entertainment. Hello and welcome to the Nomcast the Netflix original movie podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomcastPod on Twitter and Instagram, or you can follow me at JokesOnDrew. All right, we've got an awesome double review bonus episode for the week. Later in the episode, we will have our review for the latest Netflix rom-com, Love Guaranteed, with our friend Mr. Colby Mack of the Colby Told Me podcast. He heard the names Rachel Lee Cook and Damon Wayans Jr. and forced this one upon me, so we will have that one for you in just a little bit. Um, before that, I will be giving my thoughts on the sequel film that just dropped today, The Babysitter Killer Queen, and I will do so in the most non-spoiler way I can, so you will have that coming up in just a moment. But first, please check out our guest for today, Mr. Colby Mack, at Colby Told Me on Twitter, and subscribe to his podcast, The Colby Told Me Podcast, on all major podcast platforms. Also, I urge anyone who hasn't already to please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, The Nomcast, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. Okay, let's get this party started. First up, my thoughts on the babysitter killer queen. Here's the trailer. Growing up is worse than a near-death experience. I can confidently tell you that... Because two years ago, my babysitter and her friends tried to kill me. The worst part is, nobody believes me. And now, everybody thinks I'm crazy, but I miss her. You're a weird little dude with a crush on a murderous, fictitious babysitter. We just gotta get you laid. That's your advice? That's what the f*** just came out of my mouth, ain't it? You're my best friend. You're not crazy. It's this place. We're all going to the lake this weekend. Just come with me. I already took my dad's car. It's just you and me. We're back. You seen a gorgeous black ghost. Don't worry, guys. I'm good. Where's Sonia? Getting cookies. I watched you all die. We are dead. Duh. Clearly, you guys are into some heavy cosplay. Just leave it be. Ow! Oh, yes! oh shit! Oh no! It's all gonna get dumb again. Update me on the Psycho Breakfast Club. Basically, they're a blood cult, and they made a deal with the devil. And they only have three hours to complete the ritual. We could hide out till sunrise. We finish this, we have to go back down to limbo. I love you, Cole. Could this night get any more erotic? Hey, Coley. You're my killer, I've been my 
get killed first. That's some post-Jordan Peele era horror movie progress. All right, so that was the trailer for The Babysitter Killer Queen, the sequel that comes out this weekend uh, to The the Babysitter uh, that came out in 2017, a movie that I quite enjoyed. Uh, I don't know uh, if you guys all checked that out, and obviously I would think you would. If you're going to watch the sequel, it's not one of those sequels where you can dial it up and be right, uh, you know, kind of updated well and kind of get right into it and be like oh i'll check out the first one if i like this one don't do that i would definitely say don't do that i would i think it is heavily dependent on kind of knowing the beats of the first one uh so please i would urge anyone who wants to check out this one like most sequels check out the first one first and then check this one out uh if you want to go from there so the film is co-written and directed by McGee. McGee uh, is uh, an interesting director. Uh, we've gone over his career a few times on this podcast because this is now his third Netflix movie. Uh, the Babysitter, he did the original. Uh, he also did Rim of the World, which is god-awful. Never watch that movie. It is brutal. Um, so please stay away from that one. Uh, and then now this is his third, and he's had a very up and down career. There are some things I do like uh, from him, you know, uh, the the Charlie's Angels update. Both films of those are at least enjoyable on some level. Uh, he does have some things that I can point to in his career, but he's also got some tragically bad films as well. So. You know, uh, you know, even like the Terminator stuff, you know, doing Salvation is was not good. It's not offensive, but it's just not good. Um, it's probably one of the weakest in the franchise, which is saying something even for having Christian Bale. So we've gone over the McGee thing uh, many times on this podcast, so I won't say otherwise. But even with all that said, for all the stuff maybe that I didn't like on on his ledger, I would say that the babysitter is one of my favorites, if not the favorite thing he's ever done. So for, for this movie, I was really, really psyched. You got a lot of people coming back from the first film. Uh, Judah Lewis, who played Cole in the first film is back. Emily on Lynn, uh, who plays Melanie. I hope I'm pronouncing her name, right? Uh, she's back. You have all the original big bads, all the the demons or the part of the blood cult are all back in this film. Plus, you get some new characters that are going to be involved uh, with some of the the blood cult stuff still too uh, coming in here. So you know you definitely have uh, you know a lot of the you would think a lot of the same beats, a lot of the same things from the first one because so many people returned. Um, but to me. Uh, I mean, I'll go over the plot real quick, but basically I will go over the big difference uh, between the first and second film, and then I'll kind of like give my my rating, my thoughts on that. Uh, so basically, the, the film catches up with Cole. Two years after Cole survived the satanic blood cult from the first film, he's living another nightmare high school, and the demons from his past are still making his life hell so that's basically all the description they gave i guess they wanted to keep this a little bit close to the vest or that they kind of know that this is kind of just 
retread territory from the first one. Um, I was looking forward to it, like I said, and the trailer that we just played, I think is wildly effective because it made it look just as fun as the first and kudos to them because guys, this movie is a disappointing mess with a million forced jokes. And I think that, um, the biggest difference between the first and second movie, uh, is the script, the writing, uh, is way different and the style and pacing is so much different. I think that's based on the writing. I mean, basically the writer of the first film, Brian Duffield is noticeably absent. He is not one of the writers of this film. Uh, the first film had a better pacing and relationship building, uh, than this film. And like I said, far less terrible jokes by, I mean, every single new character in this film tries to be funny in some way even people that don't need to be no one's a straight man there's everybody just trying to improv jokes it's annoying it's bad leave that leave the jokes to somebody who can actually pull it off like maybe ken marino or you know obviously the big bads that kind of already had the the that kind of tempo from the first film i mean everybody tries to be funny and clever and it's wildly annoying it's obnoxious but what i will say like i said so the writing for this film you have essentially four writers four writers that's insane uh dan lagana uh gets credit for the screenplay here but then you still have mcgee brad morris and jimmy warden all being uh co-writers of this film which means i assume that Dan Lagana kind of did the the structure, did the full screenplay. And then these three guys, I would assume, again, this is all speculation, but I assume based on that, if they give Lagana the screenplay credit, is that they all did punch-ups or what they consider to be punch-ups. And my God, if that work is just all the extra jokes that did not need to be here, what a mistake. Absolute mistake because it's, literally the biggest thing that makes me tell people to stay away from this movie it's eye-rolling so much of the time a couple there are a couple bright spots i mean jenny ortega who plays phoebe in here she's a former disney channel all-star uh she was in you for netflix that show that popular show that came out through that uh she was also in jane the virgin she's recently announced to be in scream 5 uh that's in production right now she's she's good in here I mean, I, I think, you know, if they if they built something out of this or I just hope she gets out of this altogether because that's part of the thing. I mean, there's a lot of good actors still in this franchise and I think they all need to just ditch this and run. Like the fact that, uh, you know, you get, you know, they teased it in the trailer that Samara Weaving's in here on some level. You have Robbie Amell who is getting to be a bigger actor. He was just in the... Uh, he was just an upload for uh, Amazon Prime, a show that uh, got pretty good reviews. So, you know, he's starting to, to make a bigger career, and I think he's really good in here. But, you know, I mean, I don't know. This, Like I said, this, this is a tough pill to swallow. I mean, so basically what I'm telling you guys, if you haven't watched the first film, watch the first film. And you can make up your own mind whether you want to actually dial up the second. But what I'm telling you... You're not missing much. 
you don't need this epic conclusion from the first. I mean, the second seemed like a good idea to me uh, because, you know, I had a lot of fun with the first one. If they can dial up that fun, bring back a lot of the old cast and kind of, you know, make something interesting out of it, sure, sign me up. Um, but this one was not what you want. It is, it is nothing like the first in the sense of, if you if you're like 30 minutes into the first movie you know there's a lot of surprise and mystery and intrigue that get there even before the reveal of the blood cult and the chase even occurs the second one has none of that the motivations in the first film are simple and weirdly grounded the second film like kind of goes into the backstories of the main villains and their reasons for selling their souls and working for the devil. And those reasons are all awful. Uh, and one in particular, which I'm not going to say because it's part of kind of the spoilery content. But, you know, when you have people who are close to you uh, making horrible decisions, you know, this kid needs to be around just different people. I, I would have hoped one thing I did right here is that if you're doing two years later, um, what the hell took you so long, parents, uh, to kind of address this? Two years he's been, you know, subject of, you know, speculation and rumor and people thinking he's crazy because no one believes him, believes him, uh, including yourselves. Uh, maybe, I don't know, get him out of there. Do something uh, to kind of act upon this. Instead, it seems like two years later, not much has changed. He's still kind of spinning his wheels. Uh, that's a bad job by the parents. You would think that they would have had him, you know, committed or something uh, of the of the like. Uh, we should be almost starting the film with him, you know, kind of being in some facility in part two, and then maybe start from there. But for him to kind of be back to where he was is kind of weird in a way. Uh, it's kind of a interesting hole to dig out of but you know here's the big thing though samara weaving needs to get out of here like i'm sure she did it as like hey this helped launch me kind of thing she is probably even in a small role here some of the best stuff uh of the whole thing and she's great i love her i think she's gonna have a big career ready or not was a lot of fun uh, she's, I haven't watched Bill and Ted face the music yet, but I hope that she's, you know, her usual fun self in that too. Uh, it's actually great casting. I can't wait to take a look at that, but you know, she could do whatever she wants, uh, and they should be grateful that she returned at all because she's a star. One person I think that can't pull off anything that they want to do is McGee. And like, he got lucky with the first one. I guess maybe he got handed a really good script from uh Duffield here um but not with the second it went right back to McGee who was closer to rim of the world uh quality here versus the babysitter quality so which are two wildly different outcomes so not what you want from there and of course after now this is two consecutive Netflix bombs from him um, he will now move on to tackling an adaptation of the TV show, The Fall Guy, uh, which is right in line with the rest of McGee's stuff. So I would consider The Babysitter, the original, an aberration from McGee and not kind of what maybe I thought he turned a corner. I was trying to be optimistic for a person who's had a very up and down career, but nope, 
we're right back to where we started. Uh, it's always going to be the same. It's going to build you up and then knock you down with uh, McG. So, like I said, bottom line with this one, if you like the first one and you want to check it out, you don't really need to. But if you do, just know, you know, there's very few bright spots here and you will probably be annoyed as hell. Um, it's It's not good. It's just not good. Um, and so, you know, take that into consideration when you're moving forward. Um, and if there is, and they leave kind of a slight door open for a babysitter three, sadly, I probably will watch it because I'm a completist, but that is literally the only reason why I can see watching a third movie. And I hope I have enough self-esteem or something better to do to not watch a third if they they dial that up so like i said guys stay away but you know if you do you know hopefully i uh, uh i at least give you fair warning all right thanks guys uh and stay tuned uh for our next review uh which was a very fun conversation i had with colby mack of the colby told me podcast uh, he's, he's always fun. Uh, we've had him on a couple times. I'm glad to have him back. Uh, and he kind of <laughs> forced my hand doing love guaranteed the latest, uh, Netflix rom-com with Rachel Lee cook and Damon Wayans jr. So stay tuned for that right now. I want to sue love guaranteed the dating website. I've been on 986 dates and not one of them has provided me love. 986 dates with actual human women? A dating site? For a case. He's the client. A hot client. Gross client. This case is not going to be a walk in the park. Online dating can just be so soul-crushing. I wouldn't know. I've never tried it. What? You can't win a case over something you know nothing about. We need to get you online. For research. I've been on two dates and one no-show, and I am exhausted. Really? I don't know how Nick managed it. It's both helpful and a little bit creepy that you meticulously documented all of your dates. The one who talked about cats all night? Yeah, didn't even own a cat. The one who got drunk and tried to fight the busboy? For the record, I took the punch. The one who brought her parents on the date? Her dad was awesome. I wish I would've got his number. Love Guaranteed is owned by none other than Tamara Taylor. We have a case, y'all know it. Well, I have a billion dollar empire to run. You know why I hired Susan? Nick. Yeah. Because she has character, principles, and the sense of common decency. We will see you in court. Boom. Are they staring at us? All right, Colby Mack is here. Uh, glad to have you back, Colby, because um, it's a weird scenario, though, because you haven't been on the pod, I don't know, maybe a couple months. We're talking, you know, <laughs> hanging on Twitter, just going back and forth. And of all the movies, like uh, Netflix has like a killer slate coming up, like with some of the best couple months of anybody coming up. And you're like, holy shit just saw a Netflix rom-com coming with Damon Wayans Jr. and Rachel Lee fucking cook. And I'm coming on the pod for your review. I'm not even asking. <laughs> that is verbatim <laughs> what your boy said. <laughs> and literally gave me no choice 
for this to happen. But if anybody is going to be, uh, you know, kind of enacting film criticism terrorism, uh, I'll take it from Kobe <laughs> Mac. How are you, sir? Yo, 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 what up? It is your boy, Kobe <laughs> Mac, and I'm glad to be back. So, see, <laughs> what had happened was... <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, I missed you, man. I know, man. We always have great talks, man. I absolutely love having you back. Uh, I, I I bust your chops, but like in a weird way, I was kind of looking forward to this conversation because not only is it like you said when we were talking too, it's like a nostalgia play, but like it's also just like a weird, goofy movie to kind of do instead of like I just came off doing. You know, a, a, a Charlie Kaufman movie where, you know, you have to kind of be invested in psychology and unraveling <laughs> things. This one is a borderline lifetime movie. Uh, so, like, what, what, what we're we can working with here? <laughs> I was trying to be fair, man. I was trying to be fair. I'm trying to I'm trying to sort this one out, you know, which is funny because basically the nostalgia play here. The reason why you were uh, super excited is Rachel Lee Cook. Uh, you know, and she's the star and producer of this film. Uh, and man, uh, Love Guaranteed, basically both leads here have kind of like gone wayward in their way. Like I thought their careers were going to be so much bigger in, in a way. I don't know. Uh, so explain to me why you're coming to me and being like, I'm coming on. Rachel Lee Cook is here, <laughs> and I need to talk to you about this movie. Tell me about your connection to her. I mean, one, to be connected to Rachel Lee Cook, shout out to <laughs> ROC. Um, yeah. It's like, it, it, it transports me back to the prepubescent boy that fell in love with this, this, this nerdy, but like sexy teenager um, in the films of old. I mean, obviously... Rachel Lee Cook, most well-known for She's All That. And I always love it right. when you can see like those top four titles. Right. <laughs> those top four yeah, titles yeah. at IMDb. And you're just like, oh, man, what could it be? And I'm like, I have no clue what right. the other three films are. <laughs> well, so uh, we were talking off air about uh, Josie and the Pussycat. So I figured that was going to be one of them. But outside of that, like the thing she's known for she has such an odd career because, like, Super. when you're kind of like a teen movie sensation, you're kind of like you're big in the movie, but you can also do like a myriad of other things that people remember you for. And mm -hmm. I'll just run through a couple because, like, she's all that, yeah. But Josie and the Pussycats, yeah. The anti heroine, any questions PSA? Ab <laughs> I mean absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Everybody knows her from that, even if they don't remember that it was her. Like the and you know this is your brain on heroin and just destroys the kitchen. You know exactly what I'm talking about when I say any questions or like a, a drug PSA. I mean, so I, I I needed to ask myself: Was it only she's all that and Josie and the Pussycats? As like in my mind, she was a much bigger deal than apparently she really was. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, and again, I, I don't know, uh, you know, we've talked about music before, but I don't know if you're into pop punk or anything at all. Uh, but like Newfound Glory had a music video for Dress to Kill, one of their bigger hits back in the day. And she's 
the girl in that video. It was around that same oh. time. Like when you said prepubescent, I don't know how much uh, older or younger you are than me, but like she saw that was kind of the first entry for me. But I know there's people out there who like Babysitters Club means no, no. something. It was Carpool that did it for me. Carpool. I watched that movie at least thirty fucking times. Like, I don't even know what that is. Oh my god, you're talking about the, like this really funny family heist film. It's got like this. Um, I don't know the actor, but I know like he's like very Jewish in everything that he does, and he like he, he he's bagel. He works for a bagel company. Um, like I'm literally oh doing god. this off the top of my dome, <laughs> and like. One day he has to take over the carpool because his wife doesn't want to do it, and um, his car gets carjacked by um, oh my god, what's Roseanne's husband's name? Oh, John Lord. Goodman. No, his real her real husband's name. Oh, Tom Arnold. <laughs> yes, this yeah. is when Tom Arnold was at the peak of his powers, and like oh it was a really god. funny movie. They end up becoming friends in the end. I'm like, who is this hot? older sister in this film all these other wacky characters like this was i mean i was a big time arnold fan yo shout out to the stupids remember that yeah yeah sure yeah so <laughs> everything about rachel lee cook literally just transports me back to the mid 90s and i'm like oh something tells me that whatever she's i don't know where she's been like she still looks really really good for her age and yeah. i'm like i'm clearly in my mid 30s now she's probably got to be like close to 40 if not pushing it yeah, she's. I think. I think she's at like forty-one, maybe. Like she's like somewhere around there, because I. Yeah. I think. Yeah, because I think she's born like seventy-eight. I think if I read correctly, something like that. And, and in my mind, obviously, it was carpool. She's all that, and Josie and the Pussycats. That just, I guess, it was enough to do it for me. And right, she's all like she's still in my heart. So when I saw this trailer, I'm like, yo, I don't know where she's been, but I'm so thankful that Netflix has re like revived her career. No, Netflix didn't. Apparently, her career has been like on and thriving just in places that I never thought where they were going to go. Yeah, so let's talk about that because the last thing that I remember enjoying her in, that I, even when she was in this, I felt it was kind of a nostalgia play. So I watched the show Psych. I absolutely love it on mm. USA. And in 2008 and 2009... She had a recurring role as the lead Sean Spencer's girlfriend in that show. Now, that was, again, 2008, 2009. That's over 10 years ago. And I feel like, oh, okay, yeah, she's been around. It's that same effect that you had from the 90s thing. It's like she did more, been around more than I thought she was. I'm like, holy crap, that was over 10 years ago. And then when I looked at her IMDb, and it kind of makes sense to this movie. She's been doing like, she did like back-to-back -back Hallmark movie films. Oh, I'm like, I mean, what yo, are you back doing, to back to Apparently, that's just been the play. And, and, and hey, I'm not going to knock her hustle. It must be really, really good. But then after watching this movie, I'm like, oh. So Netflix is like, okay. We obviously know that our like target demographic for like cool Netflix, right? Of like Netflix right. Twitter is like yeah, our yeah. age, right? You know, like and, and somewhere between late 20s and like early 40s. That's who they sure. really want to appeal to right now. And they know that they, they suckered us. They got me. They completely yeah. got me. Netflix has been like 
it's been really unique, like, you know, a couple of years just with how um, they've attacked these different projects. And, like, I feel like they do really great in, like, the YA films. Like, even their rom-coms of late, like, last year, they had Always Be My Maybe, right? Um, yeah. I liked the movie, didn't love it, but I feel like it was really hitting a lot of really cool things. And they appealed to the, Ke- you know, to the Keanu that people was loving for. And I feel like they were trying to, you know, get that same formula and said, yo, we got a weigh-in, Right. You got one of those. I mean, they already got Marlon in house. You know, let's sure, go after yeah. the nephew. We you know we got Damon uh, Wayne Jr. Love that guy. Yeah. But like you even said, the trajectory to where I thought his career was going to go is very different than where his career is. I mean, I don't know what to make of his career. Do you is, have a? Is, I mean, to he, me, he's a TV actor. But he, he is a TV actor. Like I loved him. What was the new, um? What was the, the new show? Girl, new girl. But the one and before happy new endings girl. is happy endings. Know. Happy endings is yeah. so funny. Like it's underrated funny, right? New girl. The first season as coach, he wasn't really hitting it. But then when he had like he like he went away to like I think they'd go like to finish up happy endings and yeah. then came back and he was so much more funnier to play oh, off yeah. of he totally you know, got everybody it. else. Well that show got its legs underneath it too. It kind of got the rhythm of what it was. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that to me is the big part of that. And then he parlays the new girl thing to get Let's Be Cops at oh, man, I had so much hope. For Let's Be I know, Cops. and that movie sucks. Yo, my God. I'm like, bro, I want this movie to be funny, and I don't know why it's not. Because I know. I like both those guys. Yeah, they're both funny on their own. Because I will say this. Even in this movie, Damon Wayne Jr. is the funniest thing that happens in Love Guaranteed. And like, there's some parts of his jokes I'm like, that is supposed to be really funny. It just is not working in this movie. <laughs> no, and I guess that's true. I Well, I actually made a note that I thought he was quite stiff. Mm. Uh, but but uh, so we'll get to that in a minute. But just to wrap him up a little bit, so I like him in the other guys. I thought the other guys is probably the best oh, movie wow. thing he's ever done, and yes, that's I'd such agree. a small role. But it's mm-hmm. like the most him. And weirdly, it's kind of when he kind of hones in almost on how his dad was a little bit, but yeah. less of the goofball version, but just like the normal like kind of action comedy version. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I mean, I, and he had another TV show on CBS where he was like, he had to be a um, what was it? He had to be like some type of um, he was like an, an accountant for a pop star. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know about that one. I mean, it was all right, not really good, but like, but like, right. I, I I get what's him. Like, he's definitely not his dad, and it's not. I don't think it's any fault of him. I just no. think like his brand of comedy, no one's really found out how to capture it. And I agree. Being yeah. this leading man in this movie. It's almost like this is like a really like shittier version of Hitch, but it's not Hitch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, you know what, what I mean? I, th- I also had a. Sh- this is a shittier version of something, and I said <laughs> it was it was shitty legally blonde. Yes. Like the way the side characters work and how oh it gets to the courtroom and they're all there uh-huh. and they all kind of like integrate together, but like. I was like, yeah, this is kind of like shitty legally. Like in what courtroom movie, like in what real courtroom does like your like your underpaid legal assistants just end up inside of the big, you know, legal court cases there to root you on? Like what the the hell is going on? Which by the way, they basically convinced you to something that you should have never done that made you lose the case. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We we can get that in a minute. So hold on. So So, Damon Wayans Jr., by the way, also is going to be in uh, Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, which I hear is, like, way better than it looks. I really like, like that the, teaser trailer. The, it, the it, it, it caught me. Returns, I think, uh, that was coming out look amazing. But also in this movie is Heather Graham. Uh, 
who is like at first my my gut instinct was where the fuck did she go to <laughs> like i kind of had the like the rachel lee cook thing yes because again i i had to go back like what was the last thing that i remember her for in some level and it's literally tv again doing a smaller part just like rachel lee cook where when she was on scrubs for like a season or two whatever it was. i mean and we could talk about trajectories again with her man yeah. like sheesh but don't get it twisted heather graham had a much bigger career so oh, i am yeah. not slandering heather graham at all and in this movie she's all right she's kind of done this before like she kind of does these kind of weird kooky like She's, I think, wasn't she like a, a yoga instructor or something? She was just in like Desperados for Netflix, I believe. And that movie Damn, is straight was. garbage. So, uh, okay, shout it out is garbage. Movie. Yeah. I have it a tick better than this movie. <laughs> wow, no. <laughs> well, because I like, no I like that natural chemistry movie, between Lamorne Morris and, um, oh my God, his girlfriend and <laughs> the new girl. <laughs> she, they're good. Like they, they are, they are, they are good. Like I, it's, but like in this film, it, like the chemistry, I think is like what made like it the problem. And like just her yes. coming in, I guess whoever built this film was like, oh, she's a bright enough star to where like folks would kind of get that nostalgia burner, right? Like, oh, right. that's Heather Graham. But like, it, it, so like obviously Josie and the Pussycats is what killed, you know, um, Rachel Lee Cook. Is it Austin Powers and the Spy Who, Spy Who Shagged Me is what killed Heather Graham? I think so. Yeah, like her her trying to do like big pop films, like when that wasn't her thing or what made her, I think is kind of where it turned. Because mm. like to me, so like what to me what she's known more, if I was putting like her top four or five, whatever uh, movies out there, like her IMDb thing, Boogie Nights is there. Mm -hmm. Sw Swingers made me love her. Uh, Bowfinger made me realize Bowfinger. that she is way... She is That's... way funnier than she is. Uh, oh my gosh! From Hell made me see that she could do any type of movie she wants, but she just chooses to do weirder roles. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, Spy Who Shagged Me kind of killed it. And then Scream Two, I think, is actually not a very good movie. And you know, it's no, it's she's it, it's it's and she. I barely remember that she was in there too. So not till like, you just said something, right? <laughs> And then, like, to also go along with the Rachel Lee Cook thing, I always picture her in the Lenny Kravitz American Woman video, too. So, like, she was also, like, a video, music video star. So, she's got that I mean, thing, I feel too. like That's that was something was... that you kind of had to do in the 90s and early 2000s. Like, you couldn't be a big actress without being <laughs> yeah. in a music video, too. I know. It's ridiculous. It's like, what it's happened, like, man? It's like now, I guess it's like, oh, I'm a huge actress, but I also have to have a really funny or quirky or interesting Instagram. Like, why? Why? You don't need to. You're a huge star. Stop doing yeah, this. Yeah, we, we, we had a good formula back then, and now we just, like, messed it all up. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let me just uh, kind of, like, get into the nuts and bolts of the movie. So uh, the movie, the plot is small. It just gets you to try to, you know, get these two people in a room. So... Uh, to save her small town law firm, Ernest lawyer Susan, played by Rachel Lee Cook, takes a high-paying case from Nick, played by Damon Wayans Jr., a charming new client who wants to sue a dating website that guarantees love. Whew, is that a rom-com uh, basically right there? But as the case heats up, so does Susan and Nick's feelings for each other. That's the basic 
plot. One other thing I want to note, because a lot of things make sense when you kind of put the combination of these things together. Mm -hmm. So the movie's written by Elizabeth Hackett and Hilary Gallinoy, uh, who wrote Falling in Love uh, for Netflix, which was a rom-com that, was the that one came with, out um, last year. Yeah, that was with, with uh, Christina what's, what's the, She's the pop star, Christina Milian. Yeah. So she has to go to New Zealand because she won an inn, and then she realizes <laughs> it's like a fixer-upper. And then she, like, you know, gets involved with the guy who's fixing up the place. So, uh, you know, small town in New Zealand or whatever. So when you think of that, that movie is basically, I was like, oh, that's basically a Lifetime movie that we're now doing for Netflix. So Netflix has two different versions of rom-coms where it's like there's like a, a bigger star, higher brow-ish, like maybe a bigger concept or something more on the bone. Mm-hmm. Or at least funnier, like less of the romance, but just funnier versions of rom coms. Like this, like set it up is great, and like yes, uh, and uh, you know, obviously they've m- made big headways with any of the Noah Centineo films, you know, or whatever. So like those work, and then uh, to all the boys I loved before, like the first one's good, the second one is meh, and then <laughs> you know, so there's definitely they know what they're doing when it comes to rom coms. They, yes. they have it down. But then there's this whole subsection of rom-coms on here that are basically just them trying to steal away the, the Lifetime movie crap. And, and they do it to, to fill the gaps, and that's fine. And this is kind of one of those. And Rachel Lee Cook obviously fits the mold if she's coming from Hallmark shit. The other thing is that the movie's directed by Mark Steven Johnson, who has some of the weirdest credits I've ever seen in my life. Now, as far as rom-coms, he has When in Rome that, like, uh, Kristen Bell, uh, Kristen Bell, that okay. Kristen Bell romantic comedy uh, from years back. But other than that, his stuff is weird. His first feature was Simon Birch, which wow. is... Wow. I know. <laughs> what I a cut. Know. What and, a deep cut. <laughs> and here's the thing. It gets weirder. So, like, his first feature is Simon Birch, but then he goes on to do daredevil ghost rider and like he wrote electra too like that's a weird weird turn but here's the thing he can make a good movie simon burge is pretty good but like grumpy old men is like a classic and he wrote that too like so i don't know what's up with this guy and then he also wrote like christopher robin that winnie the pooh uh, live action movie so this guy's weird as shit <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and so I kind of didn't know what to expect based on his thing. But the falling in love thing is really what kind of smacks here. You can kind of tell in the style of humor and the way it, it's paced with the script. It's super tight, but it's got and it's got a lot of gag lines. You know, it's got a lot of those things that kind of make up these kind of TV movie versions of rom-coms. Mm-hmm. So, so, all right. So now that you got me to do this damn movie, <laughs> you tell me how this played out for you. Your real nostalgia play. You tell me, man. Oh gosh, I feel <laughs> so. All right, this is the thing, right? This movie, I was like super duper excited for. Like, 
And Netflix is so sneaky for like appealing exactly to the sensitivities that I have with nostalgia, you know, with a black comedian son who I grew up with. And it gave me a trailer that hit me in my 90s girl crush feels, bringing back all the RLC tender little like, you know, you know, butterflies. And it's got coaching. So it's got that. And yeah, I couldn't say no. And. You know, if I would have known what RLC has been doing for like the past 20 years, post she's all that, um, like legit Hallmark movies, um, it makes sense why she brings that lifeless, unfunny, formulaic crap <laughs> to, from from the regular TV screen to my Netflix streaming TV. And oh, gosh, uh, and yeah. wrong, I, I love me some Damon Wayans Jr., but like not even his just natural charm and and like some of the comedy that like it tries to work like it just this movie is so bland like i don't even want to call it a rom-com because like there's like way too much rom and like so much not enough com like yeah. it's just it's it's i don't know man this well here's the feel good <laughs> when when the comedy works i think that's the best stuff in the movie like uh so to me i wrote that a, the leads don't have enough chemistry. You already kind of brought that up. I think that's the biggest problem of the movie. I think they're a weird pair that doesn't really spark uh, at any point. But I will say that the side characters end up being more interesting than the leads yes. more often than not. And, you know, I, I, the uh, her two assistants being the biggest version of that. I think them and the intermittent fasting guy is the only stuff that I was like, this is pretty good. I was in, I was laughing. It was pretty good. You know, I can I could do that. The other part is uh, the Tiffany song. I think they spent most oh, of Lord. the budget just getting that song. <laughs> and so, you know, after coming off of watching another Netflix series in, uh, you know, the Umbrella Academy, like I'm pretty sure wasn't that song in the season one and season two? Oh, was it? Maybe. <laughs> and I'm like, watch. I know I'm such a bad so that's nerd. That's all I can think of because I feel like that was in one of the tri- like. Yeah, actually, I'm pretty sure it was in season one because like they're just all inside like that dollhouse effect, you know, like dancing. Like yeah. honestly, it's like that's yeah. all I can think of. I'm like, of course, let's try to do whatever we can to make this seemingly functioning woman as like this quirky, just kind of like you know, off put to men, like. I don't know right. what they were trying to do with her as a character. Don't remember her name at all. She's Rachel Lee Cook, and she'll forever be that. But, like, <laughs> you, she's super hot, and you cannot make her. It's, like, this quirky, just, like, unappealing. Because she chooses to drive an old car, and, it, of course, it just is stuck on the – turn the fucking radio off. Like, right. it doesn't like, – <laughs> to think that this woman who's a lawyer, right, um, just can't go afford to get another car? Like, yeah, and that's a super old car. You gotta yeah. know, like, you can't just get like, you know, like a Kia or a no. But that's the thing. You know, a this Hyundai. movie plays like a '90s film where it's like, oh yeah, that's my dad's that I like, he gave me in high school. You're like, yeah. yeah, in the late, like in the early '80s. But no, we're in 2020. Like, you know when you used to like, you probably do this now. 20 years ago to us, what does 20 years ago say? Oh, that's like the '90s. No, 20 years ago is year 2000. It's still in like 2000. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. This movie thinks like that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and, and they definitely play upon the nostalgia thing for for us with that, but man, I, here's the thing. She is that kind of that cute and wholesome looking kind of hot though to where yes. she, I definitely could buy her as a lawyer with a soul, 
You know, yeah. So, like, at least they casted that right. I don't know if Damon Wayans Jr. is a good pair. Uh, like, just for the fact that, you know, he's a few years younger than her, and I know that shouldn't matter, but he looks young, too. Like, so he doesn't even look the age that he is. True. Like, so it's kind <laughs> of a weird dynamic there. But then, like, they just didn't have the chemistry either. So I don't know what they saw in, like, you know, or whether they thought that far ahead of, like, oh, these two make sense. But, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't see it. So I'm going to get into a couple of nitpicks real quick, and I'm curious to know your, your thoughts. So, Which I know nitpicking a movie like this is so stupid, but let's do it. Uh, <laughs> let's do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is she a good lawyer, though? Because the court case isn't great. I know she kind of knows that. But why would she need to sign up for a dating site to win a case? Like, she didn't sign, you know, she didn't get hit by a bus to help her last client. Why does she need to step into the shoes of another person to understand that dating is hard? This, that's, that's awful. And then to let her assistants tell or convince her to do it means you're not only a terrible lawyer, you're also a terrible figurehead for your company. And this is why you're making no money. Yeah, it, it, it was such an odd choice. Like the, the thing is, is that she doesn't really have any character flaws that are grounded in anything that we see on the screen. So we just can't buy it. Like, right. I want to know, okay, we obviously see her win a case. We see that Nick leans on her because like she's a lawyer with a soul like that exists. Um, right. Like, I, like, I guess she has a heart for this specific like. You know, some of her clients that she's done this pro bono work, but like her clients are like definitely taking advantage of her. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, they most like they really, really are. And I, I just I, I can't buy any of it. And she was so quick to sign. Up. She's like, yeah, this is for research. Wink. <laughs> like, I want to yeah. see why no. you're so like, why are you bad at men? Like, show us, show us in the screenplay, yeah. like, like that she's already been on dates and it's failed, you know? Like, I, yeah, I or know. that she had an old fiance. Like, her having the old fiance makes almost just as much sense as his oh, old fiance. I swear, makes that sense. old fiance plot is the, I'm like, what are we doing? What, there's no conflict in this movie. And I thought the fiance no. was supposed to introduce this. Like, oh, he's been hiding this fiance that he's been estranged from. And it's his fault. No, Nick yeah. is fucking perfect. Like, I, I, mean, I aspire to be him. You know, I'll tell you the worst scene in the whole movie, only because of how they built it. They built it so big for her to go meet his ex-fiance. Yes. And that little interview at her place is awful. It tells you nothing. <laughs> it tells you, like, they saved everything for later on in the movie and the trial and everything else. They did nothing with that scene and it's it was so disappointing even in a movie like this to be like there was no payoff to any of the big swings that they were Nothing. trying to take all right so like i said to you kind of like before is if we belabor <laughs> this movie too long it's beyond poor to my listeners and anybody else breathing but one thing i did want to kind of have you answer for me before we get out of here. What can my listeners be guaranteed if they watch this movie, Colby? You'll be guaranteed a pretty smile from Rachel Lee Cook. That is that is a good answer. <laughs> because uh, this, Honestly, movie, this movie is a second screen movie. 
This movie is put it on the background. Oh, look, they did something fun. Then go back to your phone for a while. Pop up. Oh, look, they're on a date. Go back to your phone. <laughs> you know, it kind of like, oh, the court case started. And I will tell you, um, it, oh, oh, you know what? No, they will be guaranteed to get the best forehead kiss in 2020 in a movie. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Th- that was a really tender one right there. I bought it, that. It was. After a I, big I didn't buy their hug. connection, but like that was a good forehead kiss. I'm like, brother, yeah. you are trying. Uh, uh, well, I buy their awkwardness. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because I think they're like, well, this doesn't work either (laughs) (laughs) but here's the sad part colby if if we want to say something a little sad looking at rachel lee cook's upcoming stuff nothing it's right back to normal so if you hope for anything coming out of this do you hope that a netflix will cast her again and have her produce another movie you know, at a, maybe like hope it's a contract thing, and then also double down and bring back more of people from that period for you to work with, like bring Freddie Prince Jr. out of the cave or something. <laughs> like we could do that, or do you at least hope that Netflix, which doesn't right now, have her old movies on Netflix right now? Like, I mean, how is that a not a thing? Like. When they, when they, when, wh- however they acquired and working with this production company that was making this movie, her own pr- production company, most likely, um, yes. like, hey, this should be a package deal. Like, wherever you need to get the rights to She's All That and at least Josie and the Pussycats, yes. I will go and find on Warner Media something like that carpool. But like, for those two, <laughs> like, like that's what you and and, and and hire Fred like where's the other cameos of famous people that you could have got in this movie like Matthew Lillard could have came along and appeared somewhere in this movie yes. Freddie Prince Jr. could have came along and appeared somewhere in this movie shit Gabrielle Union I'm just nope. anybody that was inside of she's all that I'm trying to find a way to get them I, in this nope. movie I, I got the perfect one you missed it put Usher in the Damon Wayans role come oh my god and like, and then it's perfect. Make, yo, write the little line in there. You look familiar. I feel like I knew a girl named Lainey that looked just like you. Yeah. And like, Mike, I'm telling you, that no, alone no. would raise this movie a star. Kobe, here's the line. Didn't you used to have glasses? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself God. right now. Oh, my God. There is but no see, place else to go from here, but thank you. <laughs> thank you, Colby, for coming on. This was at least fun. We had a good laugh, so I appreciate did, you coming man. on, as always. And, and you know, tell the people uh, how to listen to you having fun like this all the time on Colby Told Me. Yo, thanks again, once again, for having your boy on. You can follow me. I'm on all the socials, at Kobe Told Me, on Twitter and Instagram. When I'm in the mood to write, you can check out my website at KobeToldMe.com and listen to me host my podcast, the Kobe Told Me Podcast, wherever podcasts are found. So when they ask you where you heard it from, you tell them Kobe Told Me. Awesome, man. Great stuff, as always. Glad to go back in time with you. Uh, (laughs) Cue the Tiffany song. Get us out of here. (laughs) All right. See you later, man. See you.